Broadcasting from high above the reserve, this is Radio Harambe. Jambo, everyone, and thank you, as always, for tuning into Radio Harambe. I'm Dave McBride, broadcasting from the Radio Harambe studios. Joining me from somewhere in the world, the baseball god himself, Safari <laughs> Mike. Mike, how are you? Uh, Jambo, Dave, how are you? I'm in Saros National Game Reserve. Spell it. National Game S- Reserve. S-E-R-O-U-S. O-U-S. Oh, my God. Australia. No, Dave. No, I am not. Good guess, though. I'm in Tanzania. We are here studying the greater kudu. Do you know what a kudu is? Of course I do. All right. It is... One of the largest antelope in all of Africa. Its claim to fame is probably its huge five-foot-long spiral horns that are only seen in males. And they are the biggest of any antelope. They're used for combat and play. And they don't reach their full two-and-a-half turns as they spiral until it's about six years old. It is uh, very social, huge herds, and uh, they form bonds with females. and, And it's basically non-territorial. But it is a beautiful animal, which you can actually see in uh, Disney's Animal Kingdom. Yes, you can on the uh, Kilimanjaro Safaris, I believe. Correct, Amundo. Uh, and the baseball god comment has to do with the fact that Mike is now um, doing another podcast called The Baseball Gods. You can find that on iTunes. Um, for, well, for Disney fans, Matt Parrish of uh, Wedway Now fame is my co-host. The other baseball nutcase in the uh, world of uh, Disney <laughs> podcasting. Uh, and if those of you didn't know, I'm doing a podcast about Oak Island. Yeah, into the Oak Island mystery. It's called Digging Oak Island. So Mike and I are branching out in the podcast world. If you're looking for some other content, something new to listen to, uh, feel free to find those on iTunes or anywhere you get your uh, podcast. I don't have links up. We don't have any links to it. We're not good at promoting things. So, um, you know, it is what it is. Uh <laughs> I have actually a second Twitter account, Baseball God Mike, so you can find yeah, stuff well, there. Yeah, well, you can't have baseball fans go to Safari Mike, then it's not. <laughs> no. I think that makes any sense. <laughs> um, so the plan for today, it is a review of the decade at Disney's Animal Kingdom. You know, Mike, it was probably about two days before the new year where I realized this was the end of a decade and mm-hmm. that we would have to do this. Is it really the end of the decade, though? There's no year zero. Oh, stop it. Uh, there is a year zero. <laughs> no, there's not. Uh, yes, there is. Uh, anyway. No. Uh, Mike, but anyway, go ahead. Oh, yeah, yeah, go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, so anyway, um, <laughs> let's get into 
What we're, so here's what we're going to do. Before Last we do that, time, Dave, before l- we do that, yeah. I have something I want to tell you. Do you want to play an episode of America's Favorite Game? Oh, God. Sure. Okay. Let's do it. This is when Disney Mike has announced. This is very different from previous ones. It's not like an event or anything like that because Run Disney has announced a new club. Club Run Disney is a new membership program Get offering benefits at Run Disney events. Oh, come on. There are three different one-year-long membership levels, silver, gold, and platinum. All Club Run Disney members will receive a welcome package, including an exclusive jacket, and will have access to the lowest race registration pricing all year. So you don't get free races, but you get the lowest of race. And also a new virtual 10K in the fall of 2020, which of course costs Disney nothing because it's virtual. You do it at home. That is exclusive only for Club Run Disney members. And a special Club Run Disney designation on your race bib. That's the silver membership. Gold membership is all those things plus early registration accessed with a guaranteed spot in the half marathon or marathon distance each race weekend. That's gold membership. And if you're a platinum member, you get all those benefits plus uh, upgraded uh, corral placement and an exclusive expo experience with early admittance to the Run Disney merchandise mer- merchandise shop so you can spend even more money. Dave, guess how much that costs. Which one am I guessing? Whatever. It doesn't matter. The highest you can go one the is, low, high. It's yearly? Yearly, yep. The highest one is $250. <laughs> the highest one, the platinum member... basically $800. The lowest one is $265, and the middle one is, hold on one second, $478. Mike, is anybody going to do this? I have no idea. It goes on sale, I think, like on February 13th. Excuse me, February 18th. Wow. That's insane. (laughs) It's so expensive. (laughs) Anyway. Let's go back to the year the decade in review. So for the uh, for the decade in review, last time if you were listening to the show, you saw you heard, or if you follow any of our social media, you know that we did a poll, Mike on his Twitter account, which you can find at Jumbo Everyone, um, or on our Instagram account, which is at Disney's Animal Kingdom, or on our Facebook page, which is at Jumbo Everyone. Um, and we to get, gave the four, what well, Mike and I kind of got it down to the four uh, nominees for the best addition in the 2010s and the worst subtraction. And we're going to have the results of that poll at the end of the show. So we'll give you the absolute uh, winners of those. Some interesting results there. Probably pretty predictable, but interesting nonetheless. And, and, and with a caveat to the best addition is we did not include Pandora as right. being, right. because we figured that would yeah, probably I mean, get yeah. 98% of the vote. Yeah, there wasn't much in having a poll there, if that's what it was. Right. I think we can all assume and all agree that uh, that would win because that is the biggest, most expensive by far. And, you you know, the other other things like uh, were, uh, you know, restaurants and (laughs) right, 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 right. That kind of stuff. So it's it's, uh, you know, it was kind of an unfair advantage to. Pandora. So what I wanted to do is go through sort of the highlights of the 2010s. Uh, Mike mm-hmm. put them all into order for us, mm-hmm. and then when we get at the end, we will do um, the winners. Let Mike take a guess at who he thinks won. Well, and, I did the polls. So who Mike would vote for. <laughs> we'll also do a who Okay, Mike well, that's true. For. That's a good one. So are we ready? I'm ready. 
Okay. The first thing that we have here is, uh, well, sort of a catch-all. The one we're going to do it in order. Um, Chronological order. Right. And, that's, and it starts with baby elephants. There were three of them. Seven have been born in park history. Three in the, in the uh, decade of the 2010s. One in 2010, early in 2010. That was right. probably the first one in 2010. Plus, we had one in 2011, and then now Stella. You can see Stella now. She's still pretty small in mm-hmm. 2016. My son's favorite uh, animal in all of Disney's Animal Kingdom is Stella. Is that true? I thought he liked that. Uh, wasn't there like a goat or something at Rafiki's Planet oh, Watch that he loves? Yes, there is the goat, too. What's the, goat What's the goat's Willis. name? Willis. 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 Willis and Stella. He, loves- he really likes just any animal he knows the name of is really how it works. Oh, okay. I mean, that's, well, all right. That's, that's, how, that's yeah. fair. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's young, so. Makes sense. Um, Makes sense. Yeah, I included a few like animal births, and I wanted to include all of their uh, sort of how many. I, and I think that you know, there's a few in here. These are important species for Disney's Animal Kingdom, and well, for Earth. <laughs> right now, right around the time I believe we started this podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe it wasn't that long ago. Uh, the Avatar rights were announced. Which means on September 21st of 2011, that is when Bob Iger announced that he had acquired. I'm not sure he had announced yet that they were going to put it in this sh- in this park. Was that all done at the same time? I don't remember no. that. No. Uh, but that they had acquired the rights to the animal the, to the Avatar theme park rights. So to speak. correct, right, right. So they announced that they had the theme park rights to Avatar, not the rights to the franchise itself obviously that's still james cameron but the rights to uh build theme park attractions and of course ever that has been a key cog in in that development and all the announcements in both uh this show and our blog that's soon to be extinct and it's a uh it was an enormous win for them they were uh really going against nobody uh trying to get these rights uh but they did win it so all power to them (laughs) Unlike Harry Potter, which they had competition in, uh, you know, the Lord of the Rings and James Bond that you keep hearing about. But, um, yeah, this one they won. Yeah. Uh, So, and that's, you know, obviously we're going to come back to that idea. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the 2010s is really going to be remembered as the Avatar year, the Avatar decade here at uh, Disney's Animal Kingdom for sure. I mean, I. Sure. The build up to it, the change, and fundamentally change the park as we'll talk about as we move along. Uh, in the fall of 2012, and now mm-hmm. Mike writes these little notes for me, and and then I go in and do <laughs> and do uh, little additions to it. Mike kind of puts it all out, and then I lay in little notes for myself. Um, th- he writes the removal of the poaching line story storyline replaced with angry zebras. <laughs> so let's uh, first of all the poaching storyline you're referring to is the big red and little red for those of you Correct. who aren't old enough to remember this or weren't on in the park before 2011 or before 2012 mm-hmm. what he's talking about is there used to be a story to Kilimanjaro safaris it wasn't just simply a let's uh, go on a nice little safari ride it was a lot more to that you were getting in the truck you were being introduced to the um to the warden, the game warden, the head ranger, so to speak. You're being introduced to a naturalist who was there, uh, who was teaching you about things. And then mm-hmm. you were uh, involved in the idea of stopping poaching. You were told to go, um, you know, that the the truck was going to go cut off some poachers. 
And you were doing that to save uh, two of the big animals, the big most popular animals in the reserve, Big Red and her baby elephant, Little Red. Right. And as you got to the end, there was a truck there, and you saw an animatronic elephant swinging its tail out the back of the truck because uh, they had saved uh, Little Red, and apparently off camera you heard they had saved Big Red. Now, in the early days, they did not save Big Red. Well, in um, the in the cast member previews, before they actually opened the park, they actually had a dead face chopped off uh, Big Red um, towards this part of the park. Think of that, kids. Think of that. And, and, Imagine that. And uh, while certainly realistic and drives the point of the story home, um, cast members, I think, went to their bosses and said, no, no, we no, no, really, no. We, we can't do this. No, 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 no. See, so that was removed before even the general public got there. Rhodey's legit, man. He's serious about this stuff. Like He wants <laughs> he is, to do definitely. stuff that makes sense, you know. Absolutely. So anyway, in 2011 and 2012, that all left, and you got what you got now, which is basically just a guided tour of the safari. Um, wasn't really any reason to get rid of it, I guess, other than I, I I don't know why. I mean, well, at first they like I said in the in the little note that they br- they wanted to bring in the zebra heart plains zebras um, that would occupy that space at the end, which is now Oryx, but which was where you saw. Uh, baby little red um towards the end of the ride and um that did not work out well they were did not adjust well to the to the uh safari vehicles they would kick them they would it it only lasted a couple of weeks if my memory serves before they removed them yeah uh you still get a couple of zebra in the in the safari itself but they don't have the big herd at the end, like they uh like they did for a couple of weeks when this was redone and even the oryx aren't really there anymore no, I mean, you very rarely see them. Yeah. One or two. Yeah. When they yeah. used to be six or seven. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, they had the addicts in there at first. That was the first. That's right. The addicts the were there. That's right. And then they brought in the audit. Uh, the addicts has since gone to the Animal Kingdom Lodge and they put in Oryx there. All right. So that that was a big moment, I think, for a lot of us original Animal Kingdom lovers to get rid of Warden Wilson Matua and. Uh-huh. Jobson and all that—that that was kind of a change in all of it. They're but, both still technically there, but yes. they're just in the pre-show as you're online. So if you get online and you're not in a fast pass line, you see the pre-show. You'll see the two of them. You'll hear them talking. They're on the screens above you, and they were actually part of the audio on the truck. Uh-huh. And it got increasingly less over the years, and then uh, just disappeared. Uh, right. So in June of 2013. This was a big addition, and this almost made the um, the finalists for the big additions. We ended up okay. not putting it in there, but it is a big addition. The Wilderness Explorers. Yes. Which I I've never done or seen edition. done. I've done it. I've done it. Uh, when it first when, – when that started, so my kids were 13 and 10 – or 11, excuse me, at the time. They were sort of at the tail end of you know kids that would be interested in that. And they enjoyed it. We did it, uh, you know, one time where you go around, you, you learn things, you get stickers in, a, in a, an Explorer book. And Christina's two kids both absolutely adore it. And they're both right of your kids would do it today. Seven and five, both seven of four, your kids me. would do it today if you made them, if you asked them. If to. I made them. If yeah, you asked them to. <laughs> you know they <laughs> Yeah, but it's really geared more towards kids yeah. like Christina's kids who are seven and four or uh, your son. Um Although I'm not sure if he's ever, I'm not sure if he has, he has even like looked at yet. the book. 
He has not done it yet. We've given him the book. We've brought him up to the person, uh, mm-hmm. and he just like listens to him for a second and says, "I want to get out of here." Right. I mean, he's just not. He's just not interested in sitting. You know. Mm-hmm. He, he he is of the impression that he knows everything about the animal kingdom, and that he doesn't need anybody to tell him about right. what the animal is or what they do or anything like that. He likes to tell you. He's not interested in learning things. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just the way he is. I can't help it. Um, mm-hmm. now a yes. big the big first I think really big closure and the first sign that things were gonna be different. Uh, in January of 2014, Camp Mini Mickey closes. Now, again, for those of you who are new to the Animal Kingdom, the uh, Animal Kingdom was built in 1998. It was supposed to have an area called the Beastly Kingdom dedicated to uh, mythical animals. So you were going to have real animals in Africa and Asia. You were going to have extinct animals in dinosaur land, dino land, and you're going to have mythical animals such as dragons, griffins, that kind of unicorns, that kind of thing in Beastly Kingdom. Beastly Kingdom was too expensive. The budget got cut. And to add something there, they put in this thing, Camp Mini Mickey. It was a suppo- like kind of like an idea of a character uh, Cub Scout camp or something along those right. lines. You know, they had right. statues of Donald and Huey, Dewey, and Louie going fishing, and they had uh, Pocahontas like there. Things like that, yeah. Yeah, Pocahontas with her furry friends, and the Festival of the Lion King show was placed there kind of incorrectly because it fits better now where it is, but... Sure. That's where it was. There was a lot of character meet and greets. There was a guy, Guitar Dan, who walked around with his guitar singing kids' songs. It was very much sort of a kid-centered area, um, and it got bulldozed for Avatar in uh, 2014. Exactly. Uh, yeah, it, it, we almost uh, at the time it closed, all that was left was the character trails and the Festival of Lion King, right. the Pocahontas stage show. Gone, yeah. Yeah, that closed like I want to say oh eight or oh nine, but mm-hmm. it didn't make our cut for the decade. It was about three or four years before the the, the land itself closed. So there was only really Festival of the Lion King there, really. Yeah, it was just really was a no spot real for Festival of the Lion King. It's no, some character like meet and greets. Right. Really all of us. In twenty fourteen, the summer, Harambe Nights. Mike, explain Harambe Nights. So Harambe Nights was a an after the uh, at the time obviously the park closed at five or six o'clock at night. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. But Disney, in sort of, I guess, gearing up for uh, you know extended park hours, had this after hours event where you know you had food, you had a special uh, presentation in the Festival of the Lion King theater, um, and you would um, you know basically. Uh, it had Mickey and Minnie dressed up as in, in different costumes. It was all in Harambe. And, um, you know, that's basically it. It was an after-hours hard-ticket event. Right, and that lasted just that summer. Right. Uh, it kind of got brought back and c- kind of like that Lion King thing for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but not really. Kind of, mm-hmm. you know, anyway. But as Mike was saying, it used to be it used to be clo- park always closed at five o'clock, except on the very busiest of times. Uh, and they were getting ready to to extend those, and they knew they would be doing so. Um, right, we'll get to that in a few minutes. Uh, yeah, another big 
closure happened on May 31st of 2014, and that was the end of Mickey's Jammin' Jungle Parade. Now, uh, for those of you, again, who don't know, you don't realize that there was an afternoon parade at Disney's Animal Kingdom basically from opening day. It went through a couple of different iterations before it turned into the Jam and Jungle and then yeah, stayed there the for a good, good – Yeah, and it stayed as the Jam and Jungle for a good 12 years or so mm-hmm. and then uh, morphed into the Jingle Jungle around Christmas, basically just overlaid the floats and stuff with Christmas things. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, it was one of those things where – I wouldn't say it was fabulous. It wasn't great. It wasn't the greatest parade ever, but it was an accessible parade. And that's what I liked about exactly. it. Exactly. Is that you yeah. could take your kid to see it. You didn't have to sit there 45 minutes beforehand. It mm-hmm. was an accessible parade. Um, you know, people didn't come from far and wide to see it. So it was a, so so if you had kids and they wanted to see the characters in a parade and the music was good, um, right. You know, and they had li- a lot of Lion King and animal characters. So if your kid was into that, uh, you know, it, so it was good. And, and um, I think six years on, still having no parade mm-hmm. is a little strange. I mean, I, I I don't know that we thought it would never, ever be replaced. I think yeah, we both kind of I'm... thought maybe something along the lines might happen. I thought so, too, but... It doesn't seem like they're ever going to have a, 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 another parade like this. It looks like that whole um, idea is gone. Yeah, it looks like it. I mean, there there have been cuts to parades throughout, uh, you know, all Disney property, really. Right. Um, you know, there's like no nighttime parade anymore. You know, there used to be the Main Street Electrical, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, what you said about this one is, partic- uh, is, is exactly right. Instead of having to get to... You know, line up on Main Street uh, an hour before Festival of Fantasy or whatever they call that parade now. Um, you could show up at two fifty-five for the three o'clock parade. Just you know, it's about to start. Stand and stand over by on um, the trail that goes all the way around the Tree of Life and watch the parade. Twenty minutes later, you're, you know, it's over. And it was a, it's a, it was a fun little parade. Now I don't know if that would be the case now because the crowds are so much bigger. Right? Uh, maybe it would be. I'm not really sure. But uh, it's you know, it's it's you know. It's hard to say, but I do miss it. I miss having that there. It was a nice mm-hmm. little, nice little. It, again, it wasn't something I went crazy for, but but if I was around and it started, you always stopped and watched it, and that's really what a parade should be. It shouldn't be a, a two-hour event to try to get a decent seat. That's just the way I feel about it. You know, the the festival parade, the parades over at the Magic Kingdom, while wonderful, are a pain in the neck. You know, yeah, they're a pain, and they you know, they clog up. You know, it's hard to get around the park, yeah. even if you don't want to even be involved in the parade. I mean, unless you're in Tomorrowland, or you know, over that section, that's really the only really places kinda, you can go right. to kind of hide from it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Go to Tomorrowland and just sort of do that stuff at that time. But yeah, it wasn't like that at all. So now we're going to go through a number of additions, and we're going to get closer and closer to the Disney's Animal Kingdom you know now. One of them mm-hmm. is the debut in June 2014 of Winged Encounters. Which um, is kind of sort of the replacement for the for the parade, I guess. But anyway, I go guess. Ahead. Yeah. And I, for one, am stunned it's been there as long as it has. It's pretty popular. People it's like popular, to, to, but there's a lot of things that are popular that they quit, and it's an outside organization. I can't. It's right. hard to believe their contract hasn't been expired yet. I mean, Disney right, loves you know, expiring Chapek, those things. Oh yeah, Bob Chapek won't redo that when he gets as soon as he gets a chance to cut that. He will. I mean, that's incredible. Um, okay, in because um, you know Bob Iger made 
$48 million. I saw his uh, salary last year was $48 million. So obviously they can't afford Wayne Encounters. Right. <laughs> uh, Harambe Market opens in 2015. Um, yep. Now, I don't really understand your notes on this, but uh, it, it opened early? No, what, what, what were my notes? It says announced on May 1st, opened May 23rd. We had it early 2014. Oh, that means that we was, knew it was out then? That's me bragging. Oh, so what uh, now how did I not just assume that? 2015, uh, I had gotten a source that they were opening up the, uh, a market there in 2014. So we, com and Radio Harambe, ah, were talking about it for a year news. before it opened. Everybody else, all the other news website uh, sites and all that kind of stuff, said it was just a walking path, a new walking path coming between Africa and Asia. We were the only ones that had it right. So I, I was that's me just bragging. Yeah, what the what people thought it what they were doing there was basically building a way for you to get from off the safaris onto Expedition Everest right. without ever having to go through the middle of Harambe and clog it up. They thought it was a way to, you know, you come in through the middle of Harambe, you go into the Kilimanjaro safaris, you get off, you walk out the other way. And it wasn't that at all. It, it wasn't was that at the, all. the market which uh you know, it was is it was a nice addition, I think, to Harambe. Kind of, uh, you know, opens up different like areas to that, you know, to that that section of the park. And uh, I always thought it was a pretty good lunch spot, very good count, one of my favorite yeah. counter services. And as we will uh, prove to you later, um, fans of the Animal Kingdom agree that the Harambe Market was a great addition. Um, another great opening, the Tree of Life Awakenings. It's hard to believe this opened in May of 2016. Mm-hmm. Feels like it opened last year, Mike. <laughs> yeah, I mean this was, and if my memory serves, the next few so this of, is, are on our list are, are all this nighttime thing, are all the same day. Yes, yes, uh, you're Tree right. Tree of Life, Tree of Life, Life Awakenings was part of Disney now saying we are opening up the uh, to this park later at night, and this was one of the things that that, that launched. With that first day, where they stayed open till eight nine o'clock at night, as opposed to five or six. Okay, so this is May twenty seventh, twenty sixteen. This is Memorial Day weekend, I believe. Um, so the Tree of Life Awakening opens, uh, as Mike is saying. We have a start of regular evening hours, which means that even in the slower times, the sto- the right. park is open till eight o'clock. Right. Uh, maybe seven at some of the very slowest times, but it used to be five. Uh, and it used to be five o'clock, even in times when you thought maybe it shouldn't be five o'clock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, yeah, the latest it would stay open would be like six. Yeah, six, maybe seven in the middle of the summer because of the maybe. Be, because uh, the the you know the light was yeah yeah sure. decent light, um, so you can keep the safari open later. Uh, also, at this time, um, Gorilla Falls went back to being called Gorilla Falls before it was so. Again, for, for people new to the park, it started off as the Gorilla Falls Exploration Trail, then morphed early, early on into the Pangani Forest Exploration Trail, and then back in 2016 to Gorilla Falls for reasons mm-hmm. nobody really knows for sure. <laughs> Not um, really sure. But if you're a big fan of the Pangani Forest name, we sell a t-shirt with it. We do sell a t-shirt with it. Thank you very much, <laughs> folks. Shameless plug for the T-shirts. Go link in the show notes. Link in all of the social media. Great new T-shirt designs. Get there. Get one. That's what you need to do. Um, and 
Also, more coming soon, by the way. But anyway, go ahead. There you go. Also on that day uh, was Jungle Book Alive with Magic, sort of the precursor to the Rivers of Light, correct? Right. They were trying to get Rivers of Light up and running for that day, but for whatever reason, they couldn't – they didn't have it ready, so they kind of opened up this – kind of lame temporary like a, yeah which mostly was just the projection technology projection technology and jungle book uh music that's and, basically what it was and live action jungle book not the good one right 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 exactly <laughs> but also on that day another very popular addition for our fans here the tree of uh the nomad lounge and tiffins opened on that same day as a big day it was a big day. There's also one other thing I forgot to put on the list, I think, um, that also opened that day, and that was the nighttime safari events. That's right. Where, the nighttime where safari. You do the nighttime safari. So as Mike is saying, we're, pre- we're prepping for Avatar to open, and we're trying to get, get it so that when Avatar does open, people, uh, you know, at night, people aren't just doing Avatar. So we have to add right. other options, other things to do. So you already have Expedition Everest, you already have Dinosaur, you have these things already available. So what they wanted to do, the second most popular ride in all of the Animal Kingdom, um, even right now, even to this day, um, is the Kilimanjaro Safari, second only to the Flight of Passage or whatever it's called. Um, so You got it right, Dave. They, uh, they added evening hours, they put in like the sunset feel to it. Um, mm-hmm. It is a very spotty safari for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, you yeah. Sometimes you it's see also shorter, it's shorter. Sometimes you see almost nothing. The really showstopper of it is the lighting on the savanna, and then the lions. Right, because the lions generally are more active. Because the lions are often up and moving around. Yes, right. But yeah, that that one day was it May twenty seventh, two thousand sixteen. Yes. Was the Jungle day. Book show, Tree of Life Awakenings, Nomad Tiffins. Nighttime safari, uh, you know they're really yep. gearing up to make this a you know a late night park. They extended all the live musical acts out. Correct. Uh, well, that's this is, thing, this sure. might be when they added things like the acrobats and stuff like that as well. Mm-hmm. Might have been added then. They added probably uh, something right in Dino Land. You know, some sort I of know entertainment. They well, they start doing the the dance party. Yeah, the dance party stuff. Uh, and you could see what they were going after here. There, you know, a couple extra attractions, an end of night show, and restaurants and places for people to eat if they stay there until eight o'clock. And that's what Tiffin's was. So, all of that, all in one time, really all looking forward to Pandora, which was right. exactly a year later. Yeah, so, exactly. <laughs> they wanted to give themselves a good year to prep this all up before they got sure, there. sort of a head start, right? Right. Exactly. On on uh, February seventeenth, they finally got the Rivers of Light ready. Correct, and, and opened up the show that you saw when it opened. It's since changed a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw it not long after it opened. I loved it. Um, I think it's great. Uh, I think it's great too. I, I guess uh, I know it gets a lot of criticism from the Disney, uh, you know, fan fandom. But I I love it. I think it's what uh, fandom though? terrific. Like who's who's what? What's, yeah, like Twitter people. But what don't they like about it? There's no uh, fireworks? Yeah, they find it boring. For God's sake. They're in the wrong park then. Um, so then also opening a week later, the Caring for Giants. Tell them about that. Sure. So uh, I love this tour. Uh, I've done it. Uh, it is a behind-the-scenes look at elephants. So you get to uh, go behind the scenes, get in a truck that goes back 
uh, to the elephant barn. You see the barn. You have a different area to look out uh, uh, to the elephants. They have some. They have a uh, somebody from uh, Africa there to talk to you about, you know, like culture and how uh, you know the, the people interact with elephants. And they also have one of the. Uh, you know, one of the keepers there also to tell you how they handle, you know, how they have to, you know, all the things that go involved in, in taking care of elephants since then. And I don't think I've uh, put this on the list because, you know, it's not that big. But they've also added rhinos to the uh, to, to a, a, a different tour. It's also called Caring for Giants, but it's for rhinos, although that's only once a day and it's a little bit more involved. Uh, it's relatively cheap. Uh, it's only like 30 bucks uh, per person. And it's, you know, only like half hour, 45 minutes. But I loved it, and I think anybody should do it. Now, do you think my kid will do it? Enjoy it? I think you would think it was pretty cool, sure. Yeah, I might do that this year. Yeah. Okay, so then we get to the big one. Uh, Again, (laughs) May 27th, 2017. After six years from announcing the rights to Avatar, and after so many D23 nonsense things do you remember the thing mike where they pretended to have a table of artifacts they brought back yes. from, <laughs> yes. from pandora yes i remember d23 that. i mean it's just so many silly things uh numbers the blog was replete with like different uh you know building up towards it yes uh, i mean it just went on and on and then it finally on. opened and it opened to incredible crowds i mean incredible crowds <laughs> It opened to, uh, I believe, pretty much universal, uh, you know, excitement, and 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 people loved it, and still do. Yeah, people still love it. I mean, I think uh, there was some skepticism within the Disney fandom community, particularly from as to you. whether or not. Uh, I, I, I was just going to say, I was certainly hip deep in that uh, about whether Avatar would work in in Disney's Animal Kingdom, or really whether it belonged. And- it doesn't. Uh, no, but I, I think Joe Rody did a impeccable, and his team did an impeccable job of making it as Animal Kingdom as possible. Yeah, he did, as, he did as good a job as he could do to aesthetically blend it, and and I think what and even thematically blend it too. And, and I think what you and I didn't, I think what you and I underrated was how big aesthetically blending something could cover up the rest of it. Right. Like I remember you and I saying before it opened, no matter how well they aesthetically blend this, how much they make it look like it's part of the animal kingdom, it just the story, the theme, everything here just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't belong here. This isn't part mm-hmm. of what the idea of the animal kingdom ever was. It's just going to be silly, you know. But I think we underrated how how much just the aesthetic blending covered up all those issues. And and I think. Uh Rody and his team uh, made the smart decision in terms of instead of just sort of being about the movie or whatever, um, they said, let's put this 100 years into the future from the movie and make it about, you know, trying to uh, make a conservation, so sort of make it like a, uh, a, a simile to, to life here on, on Earth where, you know, year, the Industrial Revolution wrecked. Much of the uh, of, of the environment and oil and all that kind of stuff, and now with you know climate change and all that we're trying to do, we're trying to reclamate the environment themselves, try to preserve what we can, and that story is blended into at least flights of flight of passage. 
uh, of this idea of trying to conserve what was there, and and, and you know, man has, you know, ruined the environment to a certain degree with their mine. In in the case of Avatar, their mining and and war machines and all that kind of stuff. And now they're trying to uh, conserve life, and you know t- they talk about, right. you know the the the, the uh, you know all the the whole the whole thing, you know what species they're trying to save, and you know all that kind of stuff. And I think they sort of, like I was saying, thematically got it as close to Animal Kingdom as they could. Right, right, and and, and it and it works. I mean, it looks great. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I'm I, I think it's long term viability is. Um, Assured at this point, just because of how well it fits in with how good a job Rody did, and we were very concerned that right. the long-term viability of it would be bad because of you know of the next movies, which you know who knows how they're going to do if they're a total right. failure. Or they, but he they they in this instance, like I talked a lot about how Star Wars they made a huge mistake in my mind at galaxy's edge by not including an area that you actually are familiar with from one of the movies here. They didn't do that. And I think this is, that is the right decision with this particular franchise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, and also they used a lot of real world in our life and I sh- shameless plug again, you know, I guess it was maybe a year or so ago. We, you and I did an episode of uh, radio Harambe where we we're talking about the real life inspirations of, avatar you know some of the you know the asian folk art and the, the mountains in china and the, this island off of uh, uh, of qatar with all sorts of strange plants and all that kind of stuff i recommend you go back and listen to that too if you if you're interested in that topic it's um you know joe did a very good job and his team did a very good job of sort of incorporating real life earth stuff as a backdrop to avatar right Okay, so we'll move on here. Uh, a, later that year in December, we had the Sumatran Tiger Cubs. Uh, and the Sumatran Tigers were added probably in the 2010s. Um, they used to be Asian Tigers, which are basically just a... Uh, no, this a, was when they went from Asian Asian oh, okay. Tigers to, to Sumatran. The, the uh, Sumatran... Uh, well, not 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 the Cubs themselves, but they had only they had only been there about a year before the 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 female and male Sumatran tigers. Um, but yeah, you, what you were about to say, if you don't mind me carrying on from that, Asian tigers are essentially they uh, are tigers that are in the zoo population throughout the country, where they don't know really what the um, genetics are. It's like some sort of mix of Bengal tigers and Siberian tigers. Tiger mutts. Yeah, tiger mutts, essentially. So they're not part of the breeding program. Uh, Sumatran tigers are an established subspecies of tigers and a very endangered one at it. And, uh, you know, Disney brought in a male and a female from other zoos uh, to to here to uh, begin um, a breeding process here. And this is the payoff. And later, a couple weeks later, we had a baby hippo born. Augustus, the first one in 13 years. Yeah, yeah, and uh, very popular. The people love baby hippos. Oh well, I mean that thing is cute as could be, for God's sake. <laughs> um, and then later, uh, then in 2018, in April of tw- uh, April 22nd of 2018, which is probably Earth Day, it is. Um, this new Up Bird Show came. Mike, have you seen it? I have. Um. It replaced a show that used to be there called Flights of Wonder. Which was there from the almost the beginning. Almost from the beginning. Um, which was a good show. Fun show. Right. 
Um, which is better? I think if push came to shove, I would say Flight, Flights of Wonder was better. But, I mean, you and I are both, I think, of the same opinion. I mean, if, if a show is going on for, at that point, well over 20 years, you want to change it up and do something different, uh, we're not going to jump up and down about it. It still sort of talks about bird conservation, but now it kind of brings in Russell and Doug from Up as sort of, instead of Guano Joe. But it really just was, sort of shoehorns in. Russell. It does shoehorn them in. Absolutely, it does. Um, you know, they took out Guano Joe. They put in, uh, you know, the, somebody from Anandapur who was a little bit more mystical and, you know, uh, uh, from the area. And they bring in this Doug and Russell. It doesn't really fit. The 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 storyline itself is kind of, I think, even worse than the, the Guano Joe one. I mean, if you had gone to Flights of Wonder every time you went to the park, you had gotten the same jokes every time for 20 24 years 20 or whatever years, it was yeah. yep yeah 20 plus years whatever it is yeah and um so i i don't mind changing that but uh you know it's it, they didn't do a great job it's it does seem kind of forced yeah no you and i i, I agree with you we, we definitely do not um especially when it comes to a show like this a live show we certainly don't have a problem with changing it and doing something different i just want something better i mean i just want right. something that's at least as good as the old one if not a little bit better and not something that seemed like it was sort of cobbled together i mean why, why mm -hmm. do you have to cobble together anything at the animal kingdom just keep running it till you get something that you like and the um, highlights of the show are still the same i mean the birds you know it's still, still the good, same doing a good job of really that. is yep right yeah really is the same point yeah uh later a couple of weeks later the dinoland dance party one of mike's favorite things i know that mike's a big dance party fan <laughs> um, he enjoys them uh not much to say about that uh not much else now things slow down here a bit we're almost to the end of the 2010s once uh, avatar goes they kind of reel yep, it in a little bit yeah yep. absolutely grace the gorilla born in may of 2019 mm -hmm. um five gorillas born at the park since 1997 that's a hell of an accomplishment for sure yeah, absolutely. Highly endangered animal. Um, animal Kingdom announces it is the, I like that you put this in here, second most attended Walt Disney World Park. This is in uh, May 23rd of 2019. The reason why Mike puts that in there <laughs> is because at the start of this whole thing, at number one in 2010, it was the fourth most attended uh, park. Correct. And... Um, one of the big reasons for, again, this is all for people who have been with us for a long time, but if you haven't, you know, one of the big reasons Mike and I started doing this is because of how maligned the Animal Kingdom was throughout, um, you know, only a few years after it opened. Half-day park. Yeah, it was, it was called a half-day park. It was boring. The people who are like commando people, the people who, for instance, set their whole lives to trying to find a way to get on most ride, as many rides as possible in the shortest amount of time. Those kind of people. Um, I, I call them the touringplans.com people. Oh, okay. Step, that, step that, one, do this. Step two, then yes. go here. Step three, go right. here. And follow those plans and you know have all that laid out for them. Um, right. This is this and, to some degree, Epcot are not really the parks for them. Yeah, and this one was really, really bad for them at the time, especially if right. they're trying to sell said touring plan because <laughs> yeah. it really was useless. Because the touring plan would be get up in the morning, when the park opens, go on the safari ride, 
If you like the Everest, go on that next and then walk around and enjoy yourself for a few hours. Do the animal trails, right. watch Barutica, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. And you right. don't need to pay for a touring plan for that. So a lot of the people who were into that kind of stuff really were sort of frustrated by the Animal Kingdom right. and maligned it. This is the boring park. There's nothing to do here. Uh, you know, because they never took the time to smell the roses, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. now, all of a sudden, man, all those people have smelled these roses over and over again. And we, you know, and now it's a hugely popular. And 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 really, since since Pandora opened, it stuns me how many people have n now tell me it's their favorite park. Right. But not only tell me it's their favorite park, their favorite things about the park aren't Pandora. Sure, their favorite things are always. Things like the safaris, the Nomad Lounge, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, Barutica, you know, right. the, the relaxing, chilling out aspect of uh, a, a great day at Animal Kingdom. The best day at Animal Kingdom for me is you do a couple of the rides to start off with just because they get crowded later. Right. And then and then and relax, you know, enjoy a, a, some of the entertainment. Enjoy just hang the, you out know, for an hour and a half in that yeah. Nomad Lounge and relax and Exactly. Hang out and enjoy yourself, for crying out loud. That's the whole point of it. You don't have to run around right. like a nut. Ninety-nine percent. Check of out a couple of the shows. Yeah. You know all that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. But it's incredible to me that it took Pandora opening for people to finally see that. Um, mm -hmm. Rafiki's reopened to close and then reopened with the animation experience. Uh, we're just going to fly through these. Um, Buridika. There's not much left. There's not much left. Buridika played its last show on uh, just recently. You've heard all about this. Uh, they debuted in April of 2012. Yep. Uh, so they ran seven years there um, throughout the 2010s. So we can really call it the decade of Buridik. Um, and then, as opposed to Pandora, <laughs> right? And then uh, the new Christmas decor in the fall of 2019. Yeah, so Disney finally kind of uh, uh, went the Christmas route for this part because it was always it was kind of low key Christmas at Animal Kingdom. Right, it was just sort uh, of Christmas waved that really. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was more Magic that. Kingdom at Epcot. Yeah. Uh, but they, you know, they kind of embraced it a lot more this year and yeah. hopefully going forward because I enjoyed it. Okay, so here are ready for the final here. Here okay. are the nominees for the we'll start with the worst. The worst subtraction, the worst thing to leave, the thing you want back the most. Mm -hmm. Nominees were Boradika, Camp Mini Mickey, Big Red and Little Red, and the Jam and Jungle Parade. Mike, who do you think won? Uh, well, I know who won because um, it was close. Uh, it was close. I was. I, was uh, I, I thought from the beginning that Boradika would run away with this just because of the freshness of it. For, for if nothing else, they ended up um, eventually running away with it. And I'll tell you why in a minute. But go ahead. Right, but on the, my Twitter poll for the longest time, Jam and Jungle was in the lead. It was only up until the like the last day or last few hours that Burdika took over this last spot, and only by a, a percentage point. Yeah, it was like what thirty-five to thirty-four percent. Yes, but in the other, that was your Twitter poll. In the other social media, Burdika really throttled it. Um, yeah, and so the number one is Burdika. Number two, the Jam and Jungle Parade. Uh Believe it or not, number three is Big Red and Little Red. I don't think anybody really misses Camp Mini Mickey, to be and honest. Camp Mini Mickey, an entire land closed. <laughs> well, and in struggled fairness, for I a mean, vote, Mike. It struggled for a vote. It really it did. did. The only the only really good part of Camp Mini Mickey was Festival Liking, which they moved to a better theater anyway. And um, 
this. Yeah, it really wasn't much to miss there. Right. And, and you know, and now it's Pandora. So it's, I, you know, I don't think anybody, you know, misses the days of Camp Mini Mickey. Now, the best non-Pandora edition. The nominees right. are the new Festival of the Lion King Theater. Mm-hmm. The Tiffin's Nomad Lounge combination. Because it really is the same place. It's just the restaurant and it's bar. Same building, yeah. Same building, same kitchen. They even share some of the menu, but yeah. Yeah, Yep. Uh, The Rivers of Light show, huge addition. And Michael, Mike, uh, Safari Mike's Harambe Market. Called Safari Mike's Harambe Market because... I think they should officially change the name of that, but that's fine by me. (laughs) And the winner is Tiffin's in the Nomad Lounge. Not surprised by this at all. I figured they would run away with it. I'm stunned. People, people love the Nomad Lounge. Yeah, let's, absolutely love it. Let us. Um, it's very important to make this distinction. The Nomad Lounge won this poll. Oh, clearly, not Tiffany. Oh, clearly. Oh, clearly. I, I mean, I, nine times out of ten, when people answered it in write, written form, it was Nomad Lounge. <laughs> Tiffany's wasn't even mentioned. Well, we sell uh, not to plug again, but we sell a Nomad Lounge T-shirt that would did very well. Uh, you know, we have more than a few sales of those, and uh, we don't have a Tiffins T-shirt. Yeah, I, 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 I've never been. I've never eaten a Tiffins. I have. I mean, I've had the Nomad Lounge a bunch of times. I've never eaten a Tiffins. It's just too pricey for me. It is pricey. I, yeah. I was in there with my kids um, at least once, maybe twice. Well, I, I like it. It's very good. It's very good. And uh, but yeah, it's a little pricey, but it is almost always virtually empty. I mean, I, I, I'm a musician. I'm surprised they I'm haven't a, changed it since then. I'm a podcaster and musician, Mike. I don't have the money for these things like lawyers do. Um, number to two. To be honest, I'm surprised they haven't made it a burger joint. I mean, yeah, it, it, I wish they would. <laughs> I, I mean, they would. I'm being a little facetious, but I mean, really, kind of like change the menu and change the the feel of it, and and go down to a. Uh, because right now it's signature dining, which means if you're on that stupid Disney dining plan, you're spending two credits for it. Nobody's doing that. But, you know, um, it's been open for four years now. I mean, they mm-hmm. haven't made much of a change. It must not be doing no, poorly. I guess. But, I mean, whenever you peek your head in there. Um, there's nobody there. On, on your way to the Nomad Lounge. <laughs> there's nobody in there. Nobody nomad there. I guess it's always packed. It's weird. Um, number two was the Harambe Market. Um, very strong. A strong number yeah. number two was the Harambe market, and I gotta tell you, man, I'm stunned by that. The Harambe market is a, I mean, it's beautiful. It's a quick service place to get sausages. Mm-hmm. They built a gorgeous new theater for a hugely popular show, and then they built an entirely new outdoor amphitheater and theater for an outdoor nighttime show but yet this little sausage stand gets <laughs> many more votes than either of those two i was stunned by that mike yeah yeah i, I mean, thought if for I had sure vote- harambe Mar- in fact when i said to you before we thought that wilderness explorers might be put in i was going to put it in for that i was going to say <laughs> wilderness explorers would be the fourth one and not the harambe market for the edition yeah, that's probably what I would have removed, too. Um, yeah, I, I did not think Harambe Market would come in second. Um, my vote, even though... I, did it come in third or fourth, Rivers of Light? Um, 
it that tied. My vote. In fact, the theater, the Festival Lion King Theater, and the Rivers of Light got exactly the same amount of votes. Okay. See, I think Rivers of Light, whether you like it or not, is probably, other than Pandora, the most important addition to Disney's Animal Kingdom because it kind of cements that evening yeah. park hour type of. Yeah, I would agree. You know, I would agree. Cap end of the day kind of thing. I personally love Rivers of Light. I know it gets mixed reviews by the by right. you know at, on the touring plans thing and all that kind of stuff, but um, I love it and I think it's important uh, even if they change it to have like that kind of day you know the illuminations uh you know fireworks kind of right you know, di- right, Animal right, Kingdom right version of like a cap and day capping kind of thing and it's sort of a more of a uh, an adult version of that it's sit down it's much it's more, more relaxing right it's more relaxing it's more subtle it's right. you know not in your face exploding fireworks exactly. it's more exactly pretty yeah exactly uh so what your vote would have been for that what I would have voted for Rivers of Light if I had to vote for that. I didn't and think it was going to win because I think people, um, I, I like I said, I know it gets mixed reviews. I didn't think it would win. I thought I figured Nomad would win running away, but I personally would have voted for Rivers of Light. I, I would have as well. I would have as well. Uh, and who would you vote for the worst? The 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 the, the one to leave? Well, Buradika, but it, that, that like I said, that wound is still fresh. Uh, it would have been that or Jam and Jungle. I think Jam and Jungle, the, the loss of an afternoon parade, um, I think was important. Is a big loss. Yeah, I would say even for me, just because um, it's me. Uh, you know, ten years from now, I'll still think of Burdika as the biggest loss. Yeah, I, I still think of Off Kilter as the biggest loss to Epcot. <laughs> and it's I know you do. Thirty-five years of existence. I still think it's. Yeah, that's still a loss because it's that that's that kind of atmospheric outdoor fun music, you know, seeing the talents of people doing stuff that really uh, that really separated both of those parks for me. And it's and it's, uh, you know, it's long term. And now now to me, they're just like theme parks when before they were, you know, with great live acts and stuff. They were theme parks and great music venues and great drinking spaces and all this other stuff, you know, that. um you slowly whittled away over the years and just so what you're kingdom. saying is what you're saying is if Bob Iger called you up today and said, uh, Dave, I, I need your advice. I want to bring something back from Epcot. I can either bring back the original journey into imagination. Mm-hmm. I could bring back horizons mm-hmm. or I could bring back off kilter. What are you saying? Off kilter. <laughs> <laughs> God. <laughs> Without even thinking about it. Without even thinking about it. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I right. loved. Well, I enough. loved that's the. Orig- that's you. That's fair. I love the original imagination. I liked. I liked Horizons. I really did. Really, really like the Jeremy Irons version of uh, of Spaceship Earth. Right. Um, I mean, there are other things we could talk about too, like mo- world of motion or yeah, body wars. Yeah, a lot of stuff that's come and gone. Sure. But um, you know, I'm not always completely down on all those changes. I do like the first iteration of Test Track better than the current one. Um, you know, there are stuff where I do like the new stuff better than the old, you know, uh-huh. um, but n- not necessarily in Epcot as much. I don't think the Epcot changes have been as good as they have been in other places okay. around the Animal Kingdom. Off kilter is it for sure. Um, that's it. Anyway, yeah. that's it, folks. That's the 2010s at Disney's Animal Kingdom. If you uh, have any, it was uh, a big question, decade. Yeah, it was something else. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
If you have any questions or uh, any comments, you can tweet at Mike at Jumbo Everyone or me at Radio Harambe. Do me a favor if you're going to tweet me, uh, add Mike to it just so that he can tell me you did it because I never look at Twitter. Uh, you can email us, Jumbo Everyone at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at Disney's Animal Kingdom. You can follow us on Facebook at Jumbo Everyone. Uh, go to the show notes and you will find the link to our t-shirts. We got new designs up, some great stuff, including the aforementioned Nomad Lounge thing that Mike mentioned. There's also some other great new designs, Tiger Walls and all sorts of things. So go check those out. Um, that's all on T Public, but follow the link in the show notes so you can get there. It's easier than I think it's tpublic.slash user dot so I forget. Tpublic.com slash user slash radio harambe, I think. Something like that. Yeah, it's confusing. So just use the link in the show notes. I guess that's it for Safari Mike. I'm Dave McBride. Quarini, go well, and thank you for listening to Radio Harambe. <laughs> Ah,